stuff. Welcome to episode 100 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. 100 episodes, you know, plus several bonus episodes, plus some good stuff sports, but that's not the point. Official episode number 100. That's a lot. Are you kidding me? A hundred episodes. And on today's 100th episode, we welcome back some good friends. Dr. Eric returns to talk about something kind of gross, but still really fun and interesting to learn about. Uncle D stops in to tell me about his weekend that just happened as juxtaposed against mine. Juxtaposed means like when you compare something, one thing to each other. So like Uncle D's weekend compared to my weekend. Who do you think had more fun? And then a returning guest, Lori Berkner, comes back on the Good Stuff Kids podcast to talk about her brand new record of dance remixes. For just a second, I want to reflect on what it means to have 100 episodes of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. Doing this podcast has been more fun than I could have imagined. I love getting to talk to all kinds of different and interesting and creative and artistic people about what they're doing to make the world a better place for kids and families. It's been so cool to learn about so many different things, and I love hearing people's stories. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying doing it for you. Of course, you can find all of the old episodes, over 100, at www.goodstuffpod.com. Or you can get them wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or something called Overcast. Are you down with Overcast? It's you know it's a good thing, right? Get your podcast wherever you get them, however you like to listen to them. What would mean so much for this 100th episode would be just to share it with one friend. Tell one friend. Just say, hey, I listened to this episode with the Alphabet Rockers. You'd love it. Or, hey, you should really check out when Lori Berkner was on the first time. Or Justin Roberts. Or uh, and, and anyone. Twinkle. You know, Chibi Kodama's been on a bunch. Jason Didner in the jungle, Jim Jam's been on a bunch, and there's more than music. You know, there's Deborah Abelson talked about her book, When the Tushies Disappear. It's about tushies. Tushies are important. Or there's Ben Clanton who talked about his narwhal books and, and actually illustrated Lori Berkner's We Are the Dinosaurs book. All kinds of interesting, creative, fun, knowledgeable, awesome people have been on the Good Stuff Kids podcast. And the best part, in my opinion is that we're just getting started, and there's more to come. Maybe there's a 200th episode in the future. 300th? 400th? 500th? Jack Black, if you're listening, come on my show. It'll be awesome. I won't ask difficult questions. I'll ask you things that are fun to talk about, like what do you love to eat? So if you know Jack Black, see if he wants to come on the show. Like, why not, right? Okay, Dr. Eric, Uncle D, and then Lori Berkner, all coming at you in just a second. Because also returning is the four plus one segment. Did we have a winner? Find out. 
four plus one, top four songs in my car plus one I try to get my kids to listen to. Coming in at number four, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough by the King of Pop, Michael Jackson, one of the greatest. Coming in at number three is the Captain Underpants theme song by Weird Al from the Captain Underpants soundtrack. I'll give this one a solid four and a half out of ten. Coming in at number two is Grumpopotamus and Crankosaurus Rex by the Sugar Free All Stars. This one is great. And number one is Piranha by Ozo Motley from their Ozo Kids album. This one is the biggest groove. Turn it up. Drums galore. Number one, actually the plus one, I should say, the one that I played for my kids to see if they would like it, to see if I had a winner. This week's plus one is Don't Chin the Dog by Robert Walters, 20th Congress, and it is funky, and it is a winner. If you liked any of the music you heard on 4 Plus 1, you can find all of it on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Support these incredible artists. Here's more of Don't Chin the Dog. Dr. Eric, paging Dr. Eric, you are needed at the Good Stuff Kids Podcast. In celebration of the 100th episode of the Good Stuff Kids Podcast, we are welcoming back one of our very most favorite people of all time, Dr. Eric Returns. How are you, Dr. Eric? I am great. (laughs) Mike, congratulations on 100 episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. This is a tremendous milestone. It is one of the biggest milestones I have ever milestoned in my whole life. Well, congrats again. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Um, but Dr. Eric, something really, uh, really important came up. Uh, you know, since we last spoke, I mean, we cover some of the most important medical issues of our time. And this one, I feel like is on par, if not 
more important than any, any of the rest. Are, are you ready to, to offer your medical wisdom? I, I look forward to it. Okay, here's the thing. This is a little gross and a little uncomfortable sharing it, but sometimes there's stuff in my ears. And, but when I say mine, I'm talking about a friend, not exactly mine. Cause I, I don't have these issues, but like, you know, like my kids are like friends, they have stuff in their ears and sometimes it's, there's a lot of it. And sometimes there's not, do you know what I'm talking about? I think you're talking about earwax. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. I couldn't even say it uh, out loud. Yes. It is an uncomfortable topic. <laughs> Is this one of the most important medical issues facing us as a country or slash world today? I mean, it's certainly up there, but, uh, you know, I think we should we should get to the bottom of this today. OK, let's get to the bottom of this. OK, so let's set the scene. You have ears. We and do. sometimes you like stick something like a finger in there because you got an itch and then there's some grodies. So why do we have these ear? What why what is the purpose of earwax? Like I get the purpose of boogers. It's about the germs. But like remember we talked about that one. But like the earwax, I'm not convinced. I don't know. I don't understand. Well, it's very similar. I mean, for those out there who are good stuff, uh, kids, podcast historians, uh-huh. you know, you can go back and listen to the the boogers, the snot episode. Very high and- high level. High level, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. That was a classic. And, you know, the concepts are similar. It's all about protection. It's all about keeping us safe. We have these holes in our bodies. We do not want things passing in and out at will. No. Do we? I don't think so. I think that we... No, we we do not. We need systems in place. We need systems. We need protection. That's right. So earwax is a form of protection. It's a form of lubrication. It prevents ear infections. It prevents foreign bodies like bugs Ugh. from entering our ears. Have you ever had a bug in your ear? I've, I've had bugs near my ears. It's pretty annoying when like a mosquito buzzes by my ear, but I don't think I've ever had one in my ear. Oh, I have had one in my ear. That sounds very but, uncomfortable. Yes, but earwax is intended to protect. We, we need the inside of our ears so we can hear voices and beautiful music and uh dangerous things around us uh so earwax actually helps protect that inner ear mechanism it's very important so like and did you know did you know Uh that some people have a tendency to have very dry earwax and sometimes people have a tendency to have more wet like goopy earwax (laughs) well I did not know that. I am thoroughly nauseated. And <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> and that's okay. But like, why would, is it just like a function of everyone being different that that's the case? Like, or do I, does a person have dry earwax if they're in like a, a dry climate or goopy earwax if they're in like a very humid climate and need more, you know, and there's more bugs and stuff like that? You, you're getting at something. Actually, there is a preponderance of dry versus wet, goopy earwax, depending on where you're from. Strangely, the Japanese are known for having goopier earwax. Really? Yes. And also, there appears to be a link. Those with goopier, wetter earwax also have more body odor. 
Really? Which, which that actually would be another great episode on body yeah. odor. Oh, I would that's say. spoiler alert, but upcoming Dr. <laughs> Eric returns to talk about why some people smell like onions. Now, <laughs> it's so really there's a link between goopy earwax and body odor. Do you have any? Yes. Theories? <laughs> I, 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 this is like, this is all based in medical science. So I know you're not making this up, but do you have any theory as to why the two are, are linked? It must be based on certain, you know, climates and the, the local environment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to to keep things, you know, because when earwax drains and goopier earwax will drain, it is releasing the things from our ears that we do not want. Hmm. So there may be areas where you need to get stuff out of your ear more frequently and more quickly. And a hmm. goopy earwax would do that. Okay. So... And then a drier earwax would you would be in a climate perhaps where it's uh, you know maybe somewhere like mm, the northern part of California, Oregon, perhaps maybe where it's yeah, it's similar. It's like the Pinot Noirs. It's a very similar kind of thing. Uh... <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Okay. I, well, apparently it's more like an Eastern European. I, I believe is a drier earwax. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's interesting. But you know, we should definitely have a public service announcement here today about you know safe ways of cleaning out your ears. Oh, should what I do you think? Yes. Let me ask you some ways I should go about cleaning my ears, and you tell me if this is okay or not. Should I use a butter knife? Butter knife would be discouraged. <laughs> should I use a pen cap? Pen cap would be highly discouraged. <laughs> Should I use a Q-tip? Generally, that is discouraged, mainly because, well, two reasons. One, I think oftentimes people do not use it properly because mm. you really don't want to get it way up in there. Okay. And two, it's generally found that it actually just pushes the earwax kind of further back. Huh. Okay. So you may feel that you've kind of removed some of the wax that's kind of further outside the ear, and there may be some satisfaction to that. Uh-huh. But in the end, you're actually just pushing it closer back to the eardrum, further back in. Uh, and, you know, there's always the danger you could put the Q-tip in too far and actually hurt your eardrum. We don't want that. We do not want that. Okay, so yeah. so then – what would be the the recommended way by Dr. Eric of getting earwax out? Well, as I was saying, for many people, they just kind of drain their wax out naturally and don't necessarily need any mechanism to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are certain people that do have an excessive buildup that can uh, cause discomfort, even cause uh, decreased hearing and things like that. Uh, so, you know, the best way, first of all, if you really think it's an issue, you know, have someone, a professional look in your ear to see what's going on in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, if there's earwax, there's all kinds of different products available in your local drugstore. Do you have any sponsorships for this show for any drugstores that I should name? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, we should, we, we need to work on that. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I won't name any, you know, any drugstore you could uh-huh. go to. Uh, some people use, you know, the good old hydrogen peroxide, you know, a few drops in there really? uh, and then let it kind of drain out. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, there's all there's all kinds of different products out there that are, you know, probably safer to use than just, you know, jamming the good old 
Q-tip, Q-tip deep in the deep in the ear canal. Yeah, we don't. Okay, so that but that's a good lesson because I think that's most people's number one method. And to hear from a trained medical professional who uh, is in the highest, most qualified person to deal with earwax, and you, Doctor Eric, to hear that that's not the best way is very very important. Now, absolutely. Should should people be embarrassed if they have earwax? Well. I would say if it's just like gooping out of your ear in public, then yes, I, I think that is not a good look at all. I wouldn't recommend that at all. Okay, so let it be known that if you have goopy, drooping airwax coming out of all the areas in public, then you should let it um, – we should get it cleaned up. Now, we're joined by a third party here, which is – uh, your medical intern slash the assistant producer of Good Stuff Sports slash my son, uh, Zachy. And Zachy, do oh, you have yes. any questions about earwax for Dr. Eric? Huh. Turn around this way. Earwax. What is it made out of? <laughs> Good question. Thank you for bringing that up. I meant to say that. Zachy, you are you are hired, my friend. <laughs> yes, you are on our medical correspondence team. Can you believe that earwax is mainly made out of fats? No. Fat? What? what? Really? Yes. How is that possible? How is that possible? That's what comes out of your glands that are inside the ear. Wow. It's think... like cholesterol and fat in your earwax. So maybe... Maybe, and here's a medical hypothesis, that people who eat a lot of eggs <laughs> have high cholesterol, maybe they have. No, Dr. Eric is not. More earwax? Eating, more earwax, no, probably yeah, not. Yeah, or, or eat a lot of Twinkies. Oh, Twinkie to earwax correlations have been established and medically, <laughs> scientifically confirmed. Wow, okay. Dr. Eric, thank you so much for for, for clearing this up for us. Um Zachy, you may know, is a you may not know this actually. Zachy is a Raiders fan, and on today's date, which is October twenty no, 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 the hour, Dr. Eric's and my Buffalo Bills defeated the Oakland Raiders. Anything you want to say about that, Zachary? Boo Raiders. Yeah, boo Raiders, exactly. Okay. Yes. It's a great day. It's a great day, and it's a great day because we talk to you, Dr. Eric. Thanks so much for coming on the 100th episode. we got to talk about body odor. we got to talk about glands. There's a lot more to come. So thank you for your contributions to making this podcast possible. Can't wait. Congratulations. All right. Talk to you soon. The way it was with I just think that it's important that on this tremendous occasion uh-huh. that fans of Uncle D, fan, <laughs> which, there are, which there are dozens, the millions and millions <laughs> of fans of Uncle D know what you're doing this weekend versus what I'm doing this weekend. So I'll start and say that today at four, we have our six-year-old's birthday party at a place called La Petite Playhouse. Oh, la petite. <laughs> it's a very petite. And we'll be having pizza. Uh-huh. And then tomorrow, um, I will be going to dance and music class for my four-year-old. Oh. Yep, that'll be fun. Then we're going to friends tomorrow night. They have kids our kids' age. It'll be very quiet. No yelling. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Sunday, 
I have a little league game. Well, not me, but you know, your yeah. eight year old nephew. So while that might sound like the best weekend of ever, I'm just <laughs> yeah. wondering what you're doing this weekend. Oh, well, so I got in last night. I was traveling for work and flew right here on Thursday. Right to Las Vegas? Right to Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Was, we, we went out last night, and that was that was a lot. What do you mean you went out? You, like, you like went out for, like, dinner and then came back and went to bed? Maybe stopped, we at, maybe stopped some... at the grocery store to get some paper towels or something because <laughs> yeah. you needed yeah. them at home? What do you mean went out? We we went uh, to one of the bars at the casino and had some some adult sodas. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and we and then I mean we we're out till like past one in the morning. What? I yeah. I believe me. Do you want to? Can I tell you something? While you were out till one in the morning, I was asleep by eight o'clock twice this week. Okay, keep going. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's actually pretty early. <laughs> oh, that's like a six-year-old early. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and then today we're we've been up for a while. We're going to the pool. We're gonna go sit by the pool. Uh huh. Because it's seventy-five degrees and it's thirty in Chicago. And uh-huh. then we're we're going out to a steak restaurant tonight. Oh, steak! I'm having pizza at La Petite Playhouse. That's nice. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be about the same, same quality. Same, yeah, probably, probably. Oh, yeah. and last night we had uh, we had pizza at about one in the morning. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. from La Petite yeah. Playhouse or from somewhere no, else? Somewhere else. Okay, okay. And the crust was actually made out of sausage. <laughs> sausage crust pizza. Yeah, it was a little wild. That, uh, <laughs> that's fine. That was a little wild for me, but uh-huh. uh, yeah. So that was fun, and then we. Um, on Saturday, we're going to this thing called Top Golf. Do you know what that is? Uh huh. No. It's, it's like, like a driving range. It's like a souped-up driving range with a bar and TVs and games and stuff like that. And so we're doing that, and then going out to another dinner. And that's that's really what's planned. Wow, that sounds terrible. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun. These are, are you... friends from college. Oh, friends from college. They all they all have babies. Really. Yeah. So they must be big fans of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Well, they, they need to listen for for tips and tricks. Well, they should listen to the way it was with Uncle D because it's not yeah. too far removed from them. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, um, do you think you're going to go to a buffet or probably not? doesn't sound like Well, it. we we probably are. I think tomorrow. Like lunch buffet or think, breakfast buffet? I think or? a lunch buffet with crab legs. Oh, <laughs> Crab, a nice crab that's leg the lunch. only thing that needs to what, happen. Uh, what hotel are you staying at? We're at the Wynn Hotel. Oh, really? It's just that low, that low level one star <laughs> hotel, the Wynn. That it's sucks. Really, I mean, really, stinks. It, part of my fraunch. It's really, it's really, really nice. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very different weekend than yours. Than yeah. the good weekend. What is a, an Auntie C's at home with your dog baby? Auntie C is at home. Her mom's coming in to to hang out with her for the weekend. Uh huh. Do you want to tell um, our listeners what uh, Auntie C and her mom are doing for lunch tomorrow that everyone with in laws will relate to? Oh, they're going to lunch with with BB with uh, <laughs> with, with with Grandma Good Stuff <laughs> with Grandma Good Stuff. They're 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 probably going to talk a lot. Do you think so? Do you think there's time. Do you think there's going to be some things to talk about? I am sure they're going to have a lot to talk about, although I'm not sure what. Oh, well, I don't think it matters. They'll just talk, 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 tal
Well, Uncle D, thanks for being part of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Even though you don't have a choice, you'd have to do it anyway. And I can't believe it's the 100th episode. What are you doing to celebrate? Uh, I'm going to go to La Petite Playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Uncle D, have a terrible weekend. All right, bye. Bye. Good stuff. Welcome back to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. The incredible Lori Berkner. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Totally. It is no problem. Um, we're, we're talking, it's the end of August, and you know we don't just get back together for, for no reason. I mean, we do like talking to each other, right? But there's a, there's a real, oh, you're laughing. Yeah, I think so. I think we like that. Uh, but there's a, uh, there's a real thing coming up, um, and we're just going to set the scene for seven seconds. Last time we talked, we had talked about the We Are the Dinosaurs dance remix, and you sort of hinted that there may be more of that kind of stuff coming, and lo and behold, there is. So tell us a little bit about this new project that's coming up for you in, in a couple weeks. Yeah, lo and behold, it is <laughs> called uh, uh, an album that, which actually, I don't know how many of those get made anymore, um, but anyway, there, <laughs> it's it's an album of um, 14 of my classic songs that I did remixes for. So it's called Lori Berkner, The Dance Remixes. And the We Are The Dinosaurs Dance Remixes on there, but I added 13 other ones of songs that I thought would both be fun to turn into dance remixes, but that also would be kind of um, have a nostalgic feel for anyone who knows the originals. So I was trying to kind of combine those feelings in the album. Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's a lot to that statement, and I think we're going to get to a little bit of it. Um, but before that, like, what was the inspiration for for really doing a whole album? Are you drawn to the sort of dance music side of things? Is it something that you see resonate with with kids in the concert setting that you've seen, or because it's it's a little bit of a departure, I would say, certainly from like the <laughs> from, from a little bit, a little bit, right? From what you from what you've done. Absolutely. No, I think it's a big departure for me. It was a real it was actually a real kind of fascinating and absolutely enjoyable learning experience to kind of delve into that music. Um, I mean, I enjoy that music. Um, it's kind of the EDM world, but it's I don't necessarily um, I didn't necessarily feel like, oh, I love that music. I want to turn my songs into it. I was more thinking a couple of things. One is that, I really find it incredibly infectious in terms of dancing, right? And I also think that one of the things that I'm always thinking about, I think I used the, I think I used the word think like five times just now. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, the one of the things that I think about all the time when I'm writing music for kids is what is going to engage them and when they're listening to this music. And one of the biggest ways to engage, especially kids who are um, toddlers or preschool ages to let them use their bodies and I love that about um, these dance remixes like that just it's almost impossible not to move or try to start dancing to these beats so I really was excited about combining the two genres like my kind of more on the I don't I don't even know what my genre is but taking the kids music uh -huh. and, and combining it with these EDM beats and um, and making some really good music out of it, hopefully. Right. Um, well, definitely, definitely made some really good music out of it. Um, so, let, before we like dive into like the sort of the the forms that you chose and and how you like 
came came to the sort of final decision about what each song was going to be like, I, I think that I, I read that you were partially also inspired because you were getting like high school age kids and, and people who grew up on your music who were like sort of rediscovering you. And yeah. did, did that push you it, it to like try something a little different or like what was the influence that that piece had on where you are in terms of your music? Oh yeah, totally. Um, actually that was, I mean, there were so many things that went into this. Um, that was a really big piece of it was I'd be on YouTube or Twitter, um, in particular those two and a little Instagram where a lot of tweens and teenagers who find me on there write to me directly and say, Oh my God, you were my whole childhood or, I can't believe I found you on here. I loved your music when I was little. I still love it now. And, um, you know, they're so excited. And I really felt like, oh, how can I stay connected to these kids? Because I feel so honored that they're still interested in what I'm doing, even though obviously the music that I tend to write skews much younger. And um, I felt like it's, it's just a beautiful thing that the messages that I'm trying to bring out in the music that I write and the kind of music that I write, um, you know, still resonated with them. So um, I thought, how can I continue to have a relationship with them? And one thing that I was noticing was all about this, oh, I'm, you are my childhood. So they're already feeling nostalgic, you know, at 12. Right. And um, which was both kind of funny and beautiful, you know, to me, I mean, funny only because I'm so much older and to imagine that like only looking back a few years would create so much nostalgia, but it really does. And, um, so I thought it would be a really cool thing to not just do some, some of my songs in an EDM style, but to particularly choose songs that I think these kids probably grew up listening to. And that way when they're, you know, I don't know, having their bar mitzvahs or they're wanting to dance with friends or having a party or something, if you put on that music, it not only brings out that joy of moving your body and dancing and the playfulness just of the songs themselves, but also the memories that are associated that I hope are really positive and full of love and full of their families and, um, you know, that bring them, bring them back into that feeling when they're dancing. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the course of doing this, podcast I've talked with a lot of people you included about how the um, the music resonates with the kids you know the intended audience and then it's also you know yours in particular is like highly palatable to the adults as well but this is the first time we've sort of gotten to the to the gray area of post um, you know post like I guess like age two to eight and it's really cool and and you should feel really good that like the music that you've created has such resonance i think that's a really powerful powerful thing i mean and that's like a big 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 open-ended sort of statement so let's whittle that down and talk a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about some of the uh the, the the music that you chose so if you wouldn't mind you're holding the record sort of there's a lot of the a lot of the hits on there so what are the songs that you chose to to remix and do in a different way yeah. Um, can you hold on one yeah, second? My daughter, course. I can hear that the, her food is here and she's not picking up the, uh, the door. But Lucy! Hold on. Yep. 
can't help you right now. Thank you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no worries. I can. I will actually edit that out. I have the great. Right. So I was thinking you might be able to. <laughs> um, okay. It would sound so the like, question was, what what songs did I choose? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And why? Yeah. Okay. Because you had a great. You set it up beautifully. So I'll just try to answer that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so I chose. Um, I chose a lot of songs from my. Uh, sort of what I think of as classic songs that I do in every concert. Not every single one because they didn't all exactly fit. So um, I didn't know that they all would turn into great remixes, but I tried to pick ones that I thought would both do that and would um, be very recognizable. So obviously We Are the Dinosaurs. That's the one I started with thinking, let's see if people think this is a good idea or not. Right, right. <laughs> and... Um, so then some other ones on there, like one song I do every show is uh, Bumblebee Buzz Buzz, um, Victor Vito, uh, I'm Gonna Catch You. Those are like, and Rocket Ship Run and My Family. They're kind of musts for uh -huh. almost every concert. Right. Um, and then there were also um, songs that I get a lot of requests for that I feel like are sort of beloved and some of them are used in schools more um, like telephone I really love to dance drive my car boots is like a very specific age yep. um, and they especially for some of the very youngest kids um, and I and I also did the cat came back because that has uh, been there have been such an incredible um, response to that video wise yeah. and I realized oh it's because it's like it's a song I grew up with right and it's a real it's just a really kind of iconic kid song even though it has sort of weird lyrics for a kid <laughs> song <laughs> uh -huh. but I loved that song when I was a kid no matter what and then and I did a couple um, also of Oh, and Monster Boogie. Right. It's another one. It's sort of, it's just like I know people have these really strong feelings about those songs. And then the last two were um, Shake Your Body Down and Where's the Cake, which are both off the Party Day DVD. So it's a, those were a little bit later in the catalog, but I feel like there's a, also a certain group of kids who are just coming into their tweens who grew up with those songs. So right. I, I tried to kind of hit everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so like the one that, you know, I'm going to catch you is sort of the soundtrack to like fun time around my house you yeah. Know, like to, yeah, just, and, and like to take the version that you did and to take it up a notch. I'm like, this is cool. This is different. This is interesting. I mean, it, it threw my kids a little tiny bit of a loop, but like nothing stops us when we're playing, <laughs> when we're playing and singing, I'm going to catch you. So which of, of all of those songs, right? So you look at that list and this, this might be a tough question. Um, but which of them is the biggest departure from the original? Because I know they're all departures, right? Because most of them are, you know, acoustic guitar, bass, drums, maybe some keyboards, some organs, etc. But like, which of these did you, do you think went in the most different direction? That's an interesting question. Um, I think... I, my first thought is Rocket Ship. Uh -huh. um, mostly because 
I don't know. I, I actually, so I, I listened to that one and I'm like, oh, it's really, feels really, it just feels so different to me than the original. Uh-huh. And, um, and sometimes I love that and other times I'm like, oh, I kind of miss the other one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it must, I think it's probably that one. Um, uh-huh. may, yeah. Well, I don't know. Be my guess. But that's a that, and it is a tough question because like all of them are gonna end up being different and have a different vibe and a, and a different flavor. Um, but what's interesting about what you said is like, oh, I miss the, I miss the old one. Well, luckily, yeah. luckily, I mean, the beauty of this project is that like you still have it, right? Like, right. Still, it's not gone. It's not gone, <laughs> which is such a nice. Like you didn't delete the thing. Like you still can do no. it, which is a great thing. So, was there ever a moment when you were putting these songs together where you're like, okay, this is getting a little too weird. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to scale this back a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes I think, especially when I played with my uh, the vo- sound of my voice with a vocoder, uh-huh. um, like this. I'm trying to remember which songs had that the most. I think, I think I did it on both "Shake Your Body Down," "Where Is the Cake," and on oh, on "Monster Boogie." Like uh-huh. you'll hear me go "Monster," you know, and it that's me. But it sounds like I don't know some man with a beard or something <laughs> <laughs> well as okay cool so as a man with a beard i'll listen to it see if it sounds like me that'd be weird and awesome um so um oh, that's interesting so you who when you were doing this like i and this is the the follow-up to that question it, how much of it did you have to re-record like did you you know just like sort of from a music nerd perspective did you have like the vocal tracks sort of in the vault somewhere and and you sort of plugged it in and did it or did you have to re-record stuff or how did that work I had I re-recorded almost everything um, mostly because some of this was done so long ago that if you open up the vault the tape crumbles oh wow <laughs> nice <laughs> so like we are the dinosaurs I mean, I really did do that on half-inch tape or something. You know, reel-to-reel yeah. tape is yeah. it, I recorded that on so long ago. I was sort of pre-Pro Tools being everywhere. And um, uh, a bunch of them were like that. And so I didn't even have separate tracks that I could go to. Um, and I, I partly thought, well, I, I'm going to just use little pieces where I can. Also, some of them did not have the right beat like uh, I uh-huh. the way that the um, the rhythm of the lyrics went and when I would try to put them over a dance remix beat like an EDM beat it just didn't sound very good and so I thought but if I just shift the rhythmic accent a little bit on some of these things it works great so um, so I just let myself have a, as much free reign as I wanted yeah. to do that. Um, I was a little worried that some people might feel like, oh, that I wanted to hear the original over the the beats, um, and that they would kind of miss that. But then when I was done with each one, I was like, oh no, this sounds good. So you know, that would just have been a different thing. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's interesting. You know, like because when oh, I was, I was just, no, no, I was just to say that when you were asking about like sort of the music nerd aspect of this, which I find very interesting. Um, One of the things we did was that when I could use a part of something, I tried to. So, like, I really love to dance. We actually took the, there's a 
um, a little violin riff. And so I, we grabbed that, but underneath is guitar. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it was just guitar and violin, if I'm remembering correctly. But it, some of it was not... It was like slightly out of time because I wasn't using the click track yet uh-huh. when I recorded even for that second. This is for my second album. Wow. And um, and we only had the stereo track of the final mix uh, uh-huh. because that was, I forget what that one was even done on. And so then I had Kira Willie come in and play the violin. but um, And I thought we could that way leave the guitar out. But then I sort of missed the quirkiness of Brian my husband actually playing it so we ended up like using her violin we've stuck it in for like three of the notes and then his notes and my guitar were like it just was like a little bit of a Frankenstein and then we stuck it in and I was like oh now it's working oh that's so cool (laughs) but like that and that's so interesting for like aspiring musicians or people who are interested in your music or like anyone just to think about like that that little moment like how much work and like as someone who's tried to put music together like that's a lot of work like that's like yeah. really like cutting and trimming and like trying to do it so like people should appreciate well, me. I, I mean the my engineer did most of that actual work but uh-huh. <laughs> thank god i mean i yeah. did something i right. would do a lot of things at home on logic yeah. and then i would bring in these sort of like funky sounding things like here's here's a loop that I like here's another loop I like how about this break and then I kind of want things sort of in this order and then he would take it and clean it up and I'd be like ah yeah now we can really work on it yeah that's that's great that's really great it's so it's cool so who did you work with in terms of like engineering and and helping to produce was just one more one guy his name is Dave Darlington Uh and um he engineered I started working with him on my Lullaby album, uh-huh. and then he helped with uh, putting together my second greatest hits, which was the Ultimate Lori Berkner Band. And then he also recorded Superhero. I just started loving working with him, yeah. and he's well. Not only is he fantastic, he's also across the street from my office, which is a very convenient <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh my god, I love it when a plan comes together. That's beautiful. Right. Uh-huh. But he is also, it turned out, I went in one day and I was like, okay, so Dave, you might think this is crazy, I don't know, but I want to do these EDM remixes of my songs. Do you know anything about that? He was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I'm like, when the dance remix scene started in New York City, like however many years ago, he's yeah. like, I was in the clubs mixing live. So. Yeah. I can totally help you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I love you. You're incredible. That's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I was so lucky, so lucky. So he, and he does these kind of projects for other people all the time, apparently, uh-huh. which I didn't have any idea because I asked him to do my lullaby album. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's probably good for him, like a little, a little something a little bit different. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, not at all. So, so the, the, the next thing, right? So you've got the record, records done, you chose songs, you feel really strongly about it. Will these, do you think there's a chance that these are like, or have you thought about if these are going to be played live? I've thought about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Maybe that's the Dave, answer. I've thought about right, it. Right, <laughs> right. Well, Dave keeps, he's like, oh, you could totally do this. I'll help you set it up. We just, you know, we, I basically there would be some tracks uh-huh. um, and then I could play 
think I, I don't know if I would just be singing. Um, some of them have guitar on them, some don't. Um, so I haven't really kind of dug in to figure out exactly how I would do it, but I really would like to. I feel like it would be fun, even just as a little like, okay, this is a moment of departure in the middle of a concert. I mean, I would never want to go all the way to it, I don't think, because it's just not, um, it's not where I think I feel the most most authentic if that were the only thing I were doing. But mm -hmm. it's so great because it's definitely a part of my musicality and a part of me and I have really enjoyed this. So I would love to be able to do one or two. And yeah. um, so we'll figure out how to do it, okay. I think. Okay, so then the follow-up to that follow-up is which do you think would be the most fun? Like, which do you think people would go bananas for if you were to do one of these songs live? <laughs> I, I'm, like, the worst person to answer that okay. question. I always feel like I just have no idea. Um, I mean, maybe We Are the Dinosaurs because that's always their favorite song anyway. <laughs> okay, well, let me, uh, let, me, let me reframe the question then. Which, which do you feel like makes you go bananas for it? Which of the songs? Uh, I know that like that changes day to day and, and but like at this yeah. moment as we're recording, which one are you like, man, this is the best? Well, I can narrow it down to a couple of them. Perfect. Um, so I really have fun with Buzz Buzz. Uh -huh. And I think that, um, and I'm going to catch you. I think they're just really like, they're fun. Oh, I don't know. Monster Boogie. But uh, you know what? The one that I really love is, yeah. um, I think is anthemic is my family. Uh -huh. And I feel like, oh, maybe that one live as sort of like everybody singing together. Maybe that would be really awesome. And because could, you could hear really all of the, the low end of everything. Like yeah. that's one of the shockingly... Well, for me, it was a big surprise just how important all of the, the subwoofer. I bought myself a, a whole setup of, with subwoofer and everything at home so I could hear yeah. what these um, things were sounding like. And if you listen to it, you know, just through your computer speakers, it's like, wait, half the song is gone. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think it could be. It, in terms of that kind of a performance, I think maybe my family could be really, really oh, fun to do. That's great. Yeah. So important, important lesson there is like people are listening to this music like they're going to if you if you listen to it on your computer speakers and your computer speakers only. And this is a little audio nerdy, too. But like to get the full picture of the sound and like to hear the artists, what is in the artist's minds and ears, you got to listen to it on something maybe a little bit more substantial than just the computer. That's like, yes. That's like the piece. Yes, even headphones, yeah. because it, you'll have the range. Um, of course, that's a much more solitary experience. Yeah, right, but, right. Um, but yeah, wow, it's important yeah. if you're interested in that. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting deep into the, into the, like, the music stuff, the, like, the, oh, yeah. the inner stuff of what makes us passionate about music. You got to listen to it on the right stuff. You got to like, appreciate it. That's very good. So um, I know that you have a couple gigs coming up, and these are not you know about the record per se, but... Um, you're at Ravinia, is that right? Coming up pretty soon? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. And so excited. That's on uh, Labor Day on Monday, September 4th. Cool. Okay. So that we may not have this episode out by then, but on October 7th, 6th or 7th, you're coming out here where we are in the Bay Area to Stanford. Is that right? Yes. Nice. That's right. Cool. Um, although I think that's private. 
Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't see it on my I don't see it on my concert list and I remember it's for a preschool out there. Like they they have underwriting and they uh, brought me out. So maybe cool. we'll skip ahead. Yeah, yeah, we'll skip ahead. <laughs> so what else is coming up? <laughs> um well I'm coming I'm gonna be back in the home area of Manhattan on October twenty eighth and it's actually gonna be um, a Halloween themed show where we're inviting kids to come in costume and uh, just a little sneak preview. The plan is that we'll have some of the kids from one of the uh, remix videos oh. come to Monster Boogie, like actually dance to the remix of Monster Boogie at wow. the show. So I won't, I don't know that I'll be playing it. I'm not sure. We may just play the music. I'll yeah. see if I can together before then. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to be really fun. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And then we have a lot of holiday shows coming up as, um, in November and December in uh, on the East Coast as well. Great. And you, you, any other, like, project kinds of things coming up? Like, uh, you know, we, mm -hmm. we should say that the We Are the Dinosaurs book is out. I think there's another one on the horizon. Um, right. So We Are the Dinosaurs is out, and Pillow Land is coming out on November... What is the Tuesday? I think it's the seventh. Uh huh. Cool. Uh, it's that week, and it's uh, I I love We Are the Dinosaurs, and I'm actually going to work with Ben Clanton, who was the illustrator again on my third book, Monster Boogie, which comes out next Whoa, in the spring. All right, nice. But in between, I have Camille Garoche, who did the Snow Rabbit, um, and she has as an illustrator, and she's has this incredible stunning uh, cut paper diorama and photoshopped beautiful style and it's just it's so great I really think people are gonna love it it's it's a total feast for your eyes awesome can't wait for that um, okay so new record comes out September 22nd I believe the Lori Berkner dance remix album is that i don't even know if that's the right title sorry about that it's called the dance remixes oh, yeah so close close um and, yeah. and we can we can find you at lauriberkner.com and you're on facebook twitter instagram all those things and all those um, things and definitely the youtube channel because that's where you can see oh, videos yeah. of the songs yeah let's make sure we check out that youtube channel that sounds awesome and um so I'll edit this out, but are you cool if I play a song? Maybe the My Family at the end of this episode? Oh, sure, Just sure. Taste? Okay, cool. So, Lori, thank you so much again. It was so great to talk to you again. Um, I love that we, you know, can can go a little bit deeper into, like, w how you make the music and, and what it means to you to have, like, the final product. And this record's great, and I think that it's good for everyone. Kids, families, tweens, teens, like, let's not lose sight on the fact that you're making good music for all ages. So, thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Huge thanks to Lori Berkner for coming back and talking to me about her brand new remix album. As a treat, when we're done with the show, Monster Boogie, the one that makes Lori Berkner sound like a guy with a beard. What do you think? I guess you'll listen to it and find out. Thank you to every single person who has been a helper and supporter of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Thanks to Elizabeth and Regina and Beth who have sort of helped me connect with some of the people that have come on the show. Thanks to everyone who's been on the show. You're all amazing. You are all certified and bona fide. 
If you would be so kind as to share this very special 100th episode with someone near and dear to you who could use a little good stuff in their lives, it would mean a ton. Check it out. All of it's there at www.goodstuffpod.com. Email me at mike at goodstuffpod.com. And here's to another 100 episodes, at least. Maybe more. I mean, who knows, right? There's a lot of good stuff out there. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Here is Monster Boogie from Lori Berkner's remix album. Stuff.